Uh, hi, uh, I'm Adam, and who the fuck are you? That's the one I. That's the one I like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends, folks you know in Chicago, and some you've never met. We'll talk about the things they say and do. There's a question posed to old and new. Who the fuck are you? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. It's Kevin Alvis, and welcome back to another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? Hello, dear friends. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming back. Can I ask a favor from you, my dear friends? Could you please take a moment to rate and review the show? I would love to have the word about the show spread far and wide. And I can only do that with your five-star reviews. That was fucking terrible. What I'm trying to say is, if you're enjoying the show, please spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Put it on social media. Rate, review us. I'd love to hear from you personally. If you want to email me, you can email me at bigtalkpodcasts.com at gmail.com and hit me up is there somebody you'd like to hear on the show was you got something to say about the show you got something to say you got something to say well i'd love to hear it so email me message us on twitter and facebook and instagram at w t f r u pod that's p-o-d who the fuck are you pod come and get some yeah who the fuck are you Today I've got a great fucking show for you. This gentleman is, this is the first time I'm meeting him, even though we didn't technically meet because it was all over Zoom. But fuck, this dude is pretty fucking great. He's a ridiculously funny writer and comedian. Please welcome to the show, Chicago native, Mr. Adam Homer Lawson. Okay, hello. Hey, there you are. How's it going, man? It's going well. It's going well. Good Saturday to be inside, you know? Um... You, Adam, hmm, I'm frustrated with you already, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, (laughs) uh, I have been starting my uh, interviews off checking in on everybody from their pandemic shakedown now that we're coming back out in the world, um, seeing if everybody's adjusting properly and um, seeing how their pandemic went. Like, how was your past year, uh, especially as a performer and, and writer and artist in Chicago? Like, what was the pandemic like for you? Uh, I really miss performing like, you know, uh, not that I was ever super heavy into it. I would do it sporadically if someone asked me to do it, mm-hmm. but not being asked to do shit for 12 months. It was a, it was a, you know, a, a, a blow to my ego. And also like, you know, I like to talk a lot <laughs> and then you gotta like people, strangers aren't like an audience, you know, they didn't pay a ticket to be entertained mm-hmm. you know they're trying to cook breakfast and i'm giving a bit that's of course first of all the bit's not fucking worked out right and it's not it's all brand new it's yeah and you know i've got to you know assault strangers with hey is this funny is this anything yet and, and they're probably like why are you in my house while i'm cooking breakfast who the fuck are yeah, you le- please leave please leave stranger then comes the the pepper spray but yeah no i really miss uh audiences i can't wait to like perform again i'm hitting some open mics next week i'm starting stand up again you know that's just how that's that's where cabin fever has <laughs> driven me to i also wrote a book in a pandemic i had all these lofty plans of like this you know these release 
these release events and live readings that of course couldn't happen. They can happen now. So I'm in the sort of the stages of like working all that shit out. But yeah, no, it was a, uh, it was weird, man. What, yeah. what was the things that got you through this year outside of your writing and uh, praying to God this shit goes away faster? So I fell in love with uh, the show The Great on Hulu. Oh, I haven't heard that one. Oh, it is uh, phenomenal. The writing's genius. Really some despicable characters. I was really into that. Uh, that was a standout hit. I, some of my buddies formed a group chat and every, a few times a week, we'd hop on the group chat, the video group chat, and we'd watch a movie, you know, from uh -huh. black exploitation films to, I saw Face Off for the first time. For the first time? For the really? first time. Wow. I, I thought, I thought Face Off was something else, but Face Off, but Face Off knows that it's Face Off and that makes it a beautiful beautiful thing that makes it honestly high art you know oh, what i yeah. mean yeah it's it's that's one of those it's up there like it i mean they they turn it up to a 15 on that one and they oh, just know time. exactly how insane it is kind of example like uh kind of like the fast and the furious series my wife just and i right. just went to go see fast nine last night okay that's one thing we did we we're like let's do fast and the furious so while yeah. we were locked down we watched all eight like in two weeks and so we led up to this one and we saw it last yeah. night and it was two and a half hours of just the dumbest most awesome fucking movie i've ever seen everything it was yeah. stupid but everything in it was also very awesome and they knew exactly what they were doing and that's cool because i sort of stayed away from the fast films because i don't i don't do talking animal movies and i don't do car movies i hate the both <laughs> nothing nothing makes me physically sicker than those two types of movies you know what, what i mean what is it about talking animal movies and car movies that just makes you so sick it's just bullshit. It's just, you know, <laughs> uh, car, car movies are just like sound effects and aesthetics and like one-liners and no one's ever, like driving's a stressful thing because you could kill someone or yourself <laughs> and no one's ever, no one seems stressed out. They put too many lives in danger in car films and then talking animal movies, just, you know, that's just, I don't know. It's just asinine because their lips never move. And then when they see the lips moving, it looks like bullshit. I don't know. Fucking animals. Fuck you, animals. What you do? Yeah. Well, talk. I love animals. Just don't talk. Uh, <laughs> I, I read your email. So, oh, uh, you took know. us up on the cocktail. That's What are you drinking there? What is that? The Sazerac Rye. Ooh. Are you a bourbon whiskey guy? I am. Yeah. Nice. 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 I am uh, what I'm drinking what I call my podcast uh, cocktail. Uh, it's a bamboo rum. I'm a rum drinker. Oh, nice. Okay. This one's nice and smooth and it's got a little bit of sweetness to it. It's my, it's my happy juice. I found that whiskey, I love whiskey and bourbon a lot, but if I have three of those, something's, there's a chance that something's going to go sideways. Yeah. Because it makes me aggressive, whether it's a happy aggressive or pissy aggressive, but I guess it's yep. aggressive. With rum, <laughs> I'm a little more relaxed. I said a second ago that you, you're, you frustrated me already and we haven't even met because we've never met outside of this screen. And it was while I'm doing my homework on you, seeing like, like, let me check out all the stuff you've done and things like that. I, of course, do what every red-blooded human does nowadays, like Facebook. Yeah. And I'm scrolling down your Facebook and all of a sudden there's a post and you're all like, check it out. I'm on the newest season of Survivor. And I fucking lost my mind because my wife and I are huge Survivor fans. And that's been yeah. our pandemic thing is that we're going back and watching all seasons of Survivor. We're like on 33 or 34 right now. Okay. And I'm like, holy shit, am I about to talk to some dude who's been on Survivor? This yeah. is fucking amazing. I oh, can talk no. probes all day. 
And I started looking at your pictures of you in the cast. And I was like, wait a minute. That's the season I literally just watched. And I'm like, that's not all. And then you faked it all. And you had this wonderful follow-up video of talking about all these people who weren't supporting you and talking shit about you. And it was the, I sat here in my office, just laughing my ass off for, I think it was a six minute video. And I was like, this fucker got me. And I was so excited because I'm a, like I said, big survivor fan. Yeah. Uh, love Jeff Probst. He's like, as far as like television oh, personalities, he's an enchanting man. He can drive a narrative. Yeah. Like I've never seen before. I, I feel like yeah. he's got to have an earpiece and people go say this. Because I don't see how he can keep going off cuff the way he does and drive it the way he does. It's, yeah, it's very, it's very like, uh, I heard that they broadcast War of the Worlds on the radio and it freaked everyone out, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like everyone thought, oh shit, we're actually being invaded, you know? And then that, Jeff Post reminds me of like that narration where it's like, we're completely transported. And he, you're right, like it is uh, this play for play on, now Amy's falling down. Will she have enough? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And he's and just it's, on it, on it. And it's and it's just the facts. You know what I mean? This happened. I wonder if this will happen. Uh, John's in the lead. He's mm -hmm. taking the great. And it's just, but it's it's pulse pounding really. <laughs> and he's just running around yelling at these people while they're trying to do stuff. And he's reminding them that they're losing. And oh, they're just fucking it up right now and just <laughs> terrible this guy's blowing him away and it's like god damn it jeff Prince. and keep in mind that this is essentially a vacation for him it's just yeah he's just chilling I, I i think the thing that i love about his position that i'm jealous about his position is is that he gets to sit in the center of all of this fucked up drama and all yeah. of these people backstabbing each other and talking shit to each other and he gets to to be there and poke them on and then walk away scot-free with zero dirt on him because he's not playing the game. He's just Jeff Probst and he's just right. fucking talk about some shit. You want to talk about some shit? You guys are fucking doing all the crazy shit. And he's like, well, going to go back to the resort. That's only about five miles that way. <laughs> and then he goes and sits down and takes a shower and he's fine. You know, and he's just, yeah. it's magical. That guy has got a, a wonderful job. So I, I can only assume from that post that in the way you talk, that you are a survivor fan as well. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly am. Uh, I think that, also, thank you for watching that post and thank you for like getting that post. You know what I mean? Oh. Because a lot of people didn't get it. And uh, on that same sort of token, it is a uh, social media is 100% a stage. You know what I mean? But I think the ethics of using it as a stage is sometimes a little warped because some people are there to be like, oh, I want to see my aunt's new baby, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to scroll until I see my aunt's new baby. And then there's, you know, guys like us who are just kind of, you know, <laughs> check just the <laughs> just fucking around here this is where i'm yeah. gonna do my thing and it's mainly there to be like hey look at my shit pay attention to me and then come see my shows yeah because it's free free advertisement i guess i guess you got to go it's to a certain degree it's a payment of your soul i guess to log on to face payment of your but... soul uh you know the hours i've logged on social media i'm sure i could have read written homes you know <laughs> could have just done every i could have built four houses you know yeah i could have a i gotta have an eight pack by now you know <laughs> right instead i've got this pony keg i'm working on <laughs> uh, um are you uh, adam are you from originally from chicago or where are you from are you yeah hometown? uh south side boy born and raised spent some time living in atlanta really love atlanta though i really love atlanta i think that uh southern hospitality is real and it's no more prevalent than atlanta also Louisiana is pretty hospitable as well. 
but they're hospitable because but their hospitable seems more uh rooted in sin like you know we want you to like spend money you know Let's and, come I, on in and hang out with us did you ha have you met bourbon street I grew, yeah, up, yeah i grew up two hours from there i'm from the mississippi gulf Coast. oh nice so it was like a thing where it was like you just want to go to new orleans you're like yeah and i was just get in the car go to the interstate take a left drive two hours and i was on yeah. bourbon street and we would play like uh, who's the most sober who's the most sober great you're driving home let's go oh that sounds exciting it really was stupid but very exciting but yes, yeah louisiana is a very welcoming but they also want you to come in and spend your money on the booze and so they can pave their streets um everything i've seen about what you what I, the, the performances i've seen you do like with the right club and your stuff online uh what i've heard about your books um <laughs> you seem to be like just a really solid smart writer who's also really fucking you've been really fucking funny like everything i've seen you do is based in comedy so did you find when you were a kid, were you the class clown? Were you the funny kid in school? Or was that something that you kind of grew into later that kind of something, or you found something that shaped you to be funny? Or were you just always kind of the funny person? I guess, was I the class clown? No, man. The class clown was always someone who maybe wasn't incredibly funny. Or this is just completely anecdotal because mm -hmm. I want to be the class clown, Kevin. I wanted it more than anything. I want to be validated. <laughs> I, 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 please love me. Yeah, exactly. But I never fucking got the official title. It always, one time it went to fucking Takumbo Alimi and he would just, he would just, you know, he would just, he was funny. He was funny, actually. He's okay. He's a good guy. He invited me to his wedding and I didn't go. It was in Vegas and fuck Vegas. That's okay though. But I was definitely funny. I think that I, don't understand why people don't do things and i have no problem doing things mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what i mean like how people have hang-ups and qualms about things okay and they think things are outrageous i very seldom if someone if i think someone's doing something outrageous and that person's a real funny person you know what i mean <laughs> i think i sort of like stumbled into being funny just by virtue of how off the beaten path I was, but I never thought I was particularly funny. Just kind of all of a sudden one day somebody was like, you're fucking funny. And you're like, yeah, I guess I am pretty fucking funny. All right. Yeah. I'll ride this for a while. I'll write that out. This seems like a good niche for me. It's certainly not going to be sports. <laughs> uh, I did play adult flag football literally a month ago and in between, and we're all fairly out of shape. Uh, all you know heavy dad bods and every time we take a break we we'd all like take shots of jack daniels and that made the game fun oh, but by that but by that fourth or fifth break you know we forgot about the flag and we just started spearing each other and then that got and thank god we called it soon you know what i mean no, that's enough that's enough so yeah okay guys we're done we're good we're, good. <laughs> we're having too much fun and there was some type of I think a child had their birthday party there. So it was kids also playing football. And then it's it's like, it's 12 drunk degenerates and then sectioned off from these kids, you know. And the kids are playing full, full field. And we've got a quarter field and we're winded. <laughs> Exhausted as well. <laughs> yeah. So you started off at a little bit of younger age doing some stand-up and... I was listening uh, to a recording of the story a little earlier that you actually, your first attempt at stand-up came off of a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was from New York, 
she came to I went I went to Columbia down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met in an acting class. I took acting one three times because I kept failing. Uh, <laughs> Can I ask? I real kept quick, failing how acting. How did one. you fail acting one? Acting one was paired with voice one, and acting one was fine, but voice one, they they try to teach us fucking anatomy, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Mm. <laughs> anatomy. I'm, I, I came here to play a doctor, not yeah. be a doctor. You think fucking Daniel Day Lewis knows where the pharynx is? No, he, he doesn't. Know. <laughs> uh, so I failed uh, either three times or twice. I certainly failed it. I've, I've taken voice. I've taken voice one at least two times. Uh, but I met her in one of my iterations of that voice one class, acting one class. You know, super, super cool, super funny. I told her I did stand up because I wanted to do stand up desperately, mm-hmm. desperately. I had notebooks full of jokes and premises, and I would watch documentaries about stand up, and I would just immerse myself in stand up. But I was always a little too chicken shit to do it because it's it's really scary, you know. So she was gonna go hit an open mic. She's like, "Hey, come with me." And I'm like, "Yeah, all right." And then I got on stage and didn't have any material. I forgot, like you know. I just had I just had notebooks full of premises and I didn't know how to write jokes. Mm-hmm. So I just got on stage and I just ate shit for three minutes and it was long and there were people I knew because Columbia's a very and the, the comedy open mic at Columbia College was everyone came because everyone wanted to stand up for the first time, right? right. So we're all it was people I knew and I'm looking around and I'm just sucking and it's three minutes and it's dead silent. And there's a guy I've never this, this kid Wyatt. I knew he's in the front row, and he's like, "You're it's so it's what it is, man." And I'm like, "Hey, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> it just is what it is, man. That's you can you can leave now. Yeah, uh, the average person doesn't realize they 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 hear three minutes and they're like, "Well, three minutes isn't that long. What's the big deal?" But when you're three minutes in front of an audience, especially when it's not going well. Yeah, might as well be two hours. You might as well be up there for two two hours just fucking getting your dick punched over and over and over again. Over and over, uh, by someone who doesn't want to do it again. But someone's like, I don't want to do this either. (laughs) (laughs) Just get out of here. Why are you making me do it? Uh, but eventually, I was like, hey, there was something there. There was something in that moment that I really need to experience the right way. And the next time I got on stage, I did so much better. And then and on the flip side, when you do good, then you think you're fucking prior. Mm-hmm. You know, one good show and you're prior. And well, I'm the best at this ever. And I took that attitude into several more shows and some of them paid off. Others I was reminded, oh, I know you're not. I always find that first show after the one that crushed, you're like, Got it. You go to that yep. next show. That's the one that usually fucking sucks the worst. Like if, whether it's any kind of performance, because you just get it. You're like, yeah, you're you're right. You're like, yeah, I got this. I got this. Yeah, I'm all, I'm awesome at this shit. And then you get then the, an audience, of course, an audience will always remind you, you're not as awesome as you think you are. You're not nearly as awesome as you think you are. And then I, you know, stand up for about three years, pretty heavy, and then it just got soul crushing. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't find my footing. Uh, a lot of other stuff was going on and I just didn't have the energy to invest in 2 a.m. nights in Chicago open mic clubs. You know, it's, it, it really is this draining experience. 
were during that time is when you started your writing side of your life? Or was that something where you were like, fuck, I want to try something else. And you just decided to change gears altogether. Or is that something, uh, or have you kind of always considered yourself a writer first? Uh, definitely a writer first. Uh, I remember, you know, uh, as a kid, me and my friend Justin would write like, you know, Pokemon knockoff stories and Pokemon knockoff scripts, you know? I guess now they're called fan fiction. So yeah. 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 Now, now it's okay to rip people off. I just yeah. call it fan fiction. It's fine. So writing's always been my thing. And I think that stand-up was the product of enough people saying I should do it. And so I did it. And that was a fun endeavor. And I really think that now, you know, I started stand-up seriously at around 21. I'm 31 now. It's been 10 years. Mm -hmm. I know you're supposed to fucking work on your point of view and you work on your craft, but I don't think I had much to say at 21 or maybe I fucking, I don't know, or maybe I just know how to say it. So I'm thinking now at 31, I'll at least have some sort of insight and some sort of point of view that maybe didn't exist then. Fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what would you say is your your style of writing as far as are you are you do you I know you do essay stuff and I believe you do some short story things as well too. Uh, do you also are you kind of a whatever comes about? Do you also are interested in like playwriting and screenwriting as well? Or are you more into novelization, nonfiction style stuff? Because I know in 2017 you were voted the uh, best nonfiction writer in Chicago by the Chicago Reader, which is fucking awesome. Um, cause I think the runner up that year was Samantha Irby too. And she's amazing. Yes. Like having you two together. Like that's, uh, I, if I, if that was me, I'd be like, Oh, fuck, oh that's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so are, is that really like where you really like to lean to or, or are you kind of like whatever inspires you is where you like to go? So I think that I have all these lofty ideas. I've been reading fucking a lot of Cormac McCarthy recently. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh man, I wish I could do what this guy does. And I, you know, maybe I never will. Uh, there's a horror novel somewhere within me that I've been looking at very sporadically over the years. I definitely want to scare people with writing. I've done that before to some success, but I think that, yeah, it it is this sort of this micro essay. That's what my books are right there. Micro essays, just slice of life, observational essays on my life that when done correctly, when I write them correctly, can be mirrored and echoed in other people's lives right um most of the time they're funny sometimes they're poignant and every now and then they're really uh beautiful moving sentiments right Mm -hmm. so i think that the bread and butter is the essays the bread and butter is the essays and by bread and butter i mean every now and then someone buys a book and it's a little bit a little just one waft of butter and i and i appreciate that thank you you know thank you for the butter every now and then, but I do think that, I think with the two books I have now, I can really make a run at something massive. I just don't know how, you know, like, and you bring up Samantha Irby, she's the perfect example of what I would like to do and where I would like to be with writing, you know, uh, because she'd start off in Chicago with these sort of hard to define categories of writing. And then she, made her way now she's like you know oh man and when so fuck dude when I won that thing she found me and she read my book and she liked the book and then she gave me her number and I'm like oh Samantha Irby and again this is this is equivalent to fucking 
Michael Jordan giving their number to an up and coming ball player, you know, she's amazing because she's amazing and she's the group, the blueprint of what I want to do. And there's not a ton of blueprints, not a lot of paths to follow with this shit. You know what I mean? Uh, Fucking so hard to find your footing in and so hard to find a path. It's easy when you're an accountant, you go to school, you learn to be an accountant, you go get a job as an accountant. You want to be an artist, you do your craft, you figure out the technique, then you figure some shit out, and then you hope to God somebody's like, hey, I want to give you a bunch of money for your shit. It's hard, dude. It's hard. But again, I think that it may be, you know, I think that with the with the body of work I have now, it's just me sort of, I have to weigh people down better. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic sort of put a stop on that. And also just, you know, anxiety put a stop on that because I think that in the process of, wave, hey, come look at this, come read this thing I did. Trust me, you'll like it. Or actually, I don't know if you will or not. <laughs> you know, like I can't, I can't delete, I can't delete that second sentiment. Hey, you should read this or maybe, I don't know if you should. Right. I would like you to read this because I'd like your opinion on this, I guess is how I should say that. I don't know. Just fucking buy my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and you've got two books out, right? You've got animals on buses and distant jungles. Yes. Um, when you, did you set out to be like, you know what? I think I'm going to fucking put all my stuff together in this compilation for these books and try to push that. Or did somebody approach you and be like, Hey, your work is phenomenal. You should compilate that, put that in a book and we can work with you on that. So it was always an idea. And in 2016, when I was making animals on buses, I was dating this woman who was very expensive, you know, heavens to Betsy. (laughs) This lady could really burn through, you know, some funds. Uh, And animals and buses was literally a way to acquire more funds to feed this pit (laughs) so that I could feel validated and happy still. So that's where the first one started. And then it did a bunch of, it did a bunch of really cool shit for me, you know, and it was a really exciting time in your boy's life. And then the second one was a product of, I had a lot of time to write, you know, I'm a, my nine to five is a teacher. Okay. Uh, when, when, when lockdown began, teaching went from this 10, a, 10 hour a day endeavor to this maybe three hour a day stint on my couch mm-hmm. uh it was just me looking for artistic endeavors you know um so what was it like for you for somebody to go yes we actually want to take these things that you've plucked out of your brain and put on paper put it in a book and sell it to the public when we think it's worth all of that what was what was that day like for you kevin i will tell you when i get there because i self-published you know what i mean oh really it's, okay yeah so it's what literally was it like, like then for you when you were like <laughs> fuck it i'm gonna do this because that's a big yeah. move I dream of the day where someone cuts me an upfront check because they like my work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it'll come. It's going to come. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think that self-publishing is really cool because it's complete control, but self-publishing is also very stressful because it's complete control. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, all, the, all the decisions are yours. So it's 100% autonomy. Uh, but, you know... So it was all the responsibility. So the promotion aspect, the the booking events aspect, the you know, um, definitely recommended though, because I I I don't think that we need to wait for publishers anymore. You know, I think that other art forms have found a way to bypass that respective entity in their fields. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From we look at the the late night shows. 
the late night shows are nothing but podcasts now, you know, and you can do that from your house. Yeah. You know, actors can be in local plays. It might not be, you know, off Broadway stuff or comedians can find different outlets and not be represented by like CCA or whatever it is. And I think that maybe writing is next to find that level of success outside of Random House, you know? You are working on another book right now? You're, uh, getting I'm working together. on something right now that'll be cool. Uh, uh, not in its infancy, and in it's toddler, and it's adolescence right now, maybe. Okay. Uh, but I think that now that shit's opening back up, I really just want to focus on performing. And I saw a... I saw behind the music as a as a teenager. It was Guns and Roses behind the music, mm-hmm. and you know, and before they're selling out the Pepsi Dome, oh, yeah. before you know what I mean. There, you know, Platinum Records, Guns and Roses is just four drunk dudes on Sunset Boulevard handing out flyers and cassettes. You know what I mean? And uh, that's when they say they had the most fun. And for Axl Rose to admit that he had any fun is pretty impressive. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the stage. I want to really fucking commit to next is I want every time I perform now, I just want to have merch with me, you know, and I want to perform a bunch and I want to sell merch on the spot until something. And this is awful uh, because I think that, you know, selling merch at shows is already a blessing of, you know, the most high because it's someone who just saw you. Yeah, I'm willing to spend this money with you right now because I just saw what you did. And that's a beautiful thing. And I just wish that uh, I could divorce the idea from massive success in my head because I think that's success. I think someone buying my book on the spot after watching me is a success equal to uh, being able to buy a Lamborghini. But why can't I? Why can't I believe it, Kevin? <laughs> that Lamborghini is so fucking gorgeous. <laughs> Where can people find your work? Like, if they wanted to follow you on social media, or kind of if you have any kind of like newsletter or anything like that, to know when your stuff's coming up, or like where can we find your books? Tell the public where we can find you. For sure, Instagram Raleigh Law R O L L Y L A W. Facebook Adam Homer. Lawson. My books are Animals on Buses, Chicago Reader's Best Non-Fiction yeah, yeah. book of 2017. Hey, guess what? And I can still say it for at least one more year. 17's not that long ago. I got one more year to I got one more year to say it. You, you know what I mean? You could say that till you fucking die. That's the way I feel. And, th- and that's what I'm thinking. And then in maybe 10 years in 2031, I can say it and then it'll, and it'll be even crazy. Like that's, that was forever ago. Like you know, then I had, I had my fucking year, all right? Uh, <laughs> And also distant jungles. Uh, if you contact me on Instagram, I'll ship you both and I'll sign them. I'll give you a nice little letter. That's my new thing. Nice. You know, I got a bunch of books around here. I mail them out to people. Yeah, that's it. That's awesome. Well, everybody, go fucking check out all that shit. Go buy some books and have some good time and laugh. And Jesus Christ, because uh, we all need that. We all need that these days. We get the LOLs in. We need the LOLs out the assholes and some, ro- and some <laughs> ROLFs as well and everything. LMAOs, uh, all of them. Adam, we have reached uh, my favorite part of the show. Uh, and it's this part that I like to call Same Three Questions. Same Three Questions. And these are the exact same three questions that I ask everybody. And I just like to find out what everybody has to say because it's just fun for me because I have a microphone. Um, So first question is number one, if you could have one superpower, which would it be and why? 
thousand percent, I would like teleportation. It would make just everything simple. No more Spirit Airlines. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, awesome. Teleportation is top three of my list as well, too. So perfect. And so therefore, correct answer. Very good. Okay. Congratulations. Um, question number two. If after you died, you are reincarnated as a sandwich, which sandwich would you want to be? Jimmy John's Bully Club. Oh, come on now. This, you know? Everything was going so well until just then. What, uh, what about that sandwich? Like what's, what is it? What's, what, what is all on that sandwich? So talk about what's, uh, provolone, roast beef, jardinere. I spring at extra 75 cents. I am Chicago Cerritos 17 best writer. Uh, <laughs> I so I spring extras. So I spring for the avocado. Nice. nice. Uh, pop that bad boy in the microwave for about 45 seconds. You're in seventh heaven. As a matter of fact, when this interview is done, I might, you know, me and my old lady might get some Jimmy John's. There you go. You know, they do, they're freaky fast. Kevin, I know we got to wrap this up, but you said freaky fast. I got to, I got to tell you, I got to tell you a story. All right. No, so please. the first time I order from this Jimmy John's here in Hyde Park, Chicago's beautiful Hyde Park, the delivery driver comes up to my apartment building and he goes, oh, I thought you were going to be the woman in the skirt on. So as if a, that woman always had the skirt on, like as if that skirt was somehow woven into her permanent aesthetic and b you don't say that shit to people right i mean and, the, and then but i became enchanted by this man uh and the next time i saw him he says with he starts he's one of those people who starts off sentences in the middle he goes i thought my boss was trying to make a move on me in the car over here and again i don't i haven't talked to this i haven't i haven't really talked to this man he's just telling me sexual things and he and, and I say that because he puts the freaky and freaky fast. Because every time I've seen this guy, it's been something off color. He's like, hey, here's your sandwich. Nice ass. Like, <laughs> I got you some extra mayo. You want to make out? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought you were the woman in the skirt. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to order from them, see if I can't get that guy. Yeah. Um, final question. Hey, Adam, uh, blue or green? Uh, green. So sorry, the answer was blue. Oh man, blue is the I only went, I only went one for three. Uh, so you were doing so great up until that point, but man, oh man, you know. Three. But hey, nobody can be perfect these days. Uh, and then uh, you're you're gonna be because this is coming out in time uh, for two days, but you were gonna be at Coles on yeah. Wednesday. Come see me at Coles. Uh, and and then oh, and then someone. John Lennon me shoot me outside of cold so and then imagine how popular your podcast will be <laughs> <laughs> I swear to god if somebody kills you on Wednesday I'm gonna feel so shitty but <laughs> but then but then because, because you gotta go oh I wonder who my listeners are <laughs> then I'm like fuck maybe I should just take the show off the air I thought it was just my friend Chuck listening unless he's the one who shot you I don't know what's going on uh adam thank you so much man uh i hope everything thank works you. out for you good luck on all the 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 foray back into the stand-up and the new book and everything like that i, uh, I can't wait to much. actually get some of your stuff and start reading some more of your work because i mean so far i've enjoyed everything i'm seeing man excited thank you very much yeah yeah thanks so much thanks for sitting down you got it what i tell you huh fucking great guy be sure to check out his books, Animals on Buses and Distant Jungles, both available on Amazon right now. And be sure to follow him on social media so you know where you can catch his next stand-up act. 
Well, that about does it for this episode. As always, a huge thank you to my dear friend, Mr. Jason Moody, for that kick-ass theme song, and a huge thank you to my dear friend, Corbett Pasco, for our three-question stinger. Be sure to join us next time when we sit down with another guest and ask them that burning question. Who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.